What's up, everyone? It's Tweak or Gavin. All right, it's too lit. What's good? It's Pink or Marcus in the building. And, of course, Chuck or Charles. How's everyone doing? We don't got no has today, but there is still a lot of Smash stuff, stuff to talk about. I mean, kind of more... I mean, we didn't really have any tournaments, obviously, because of Thanksgiving weekend, but we got to all play a lot of Pokemon. Just the Pokemon. And... Hey, wrong holiday, but close enough. And it's November. You're it's like November slash December. Yeah, we're still in like the hybrid zone, right? Yeah. And, and of course, main stage is coming up. But before we even get in the main stage, I definitely want to just kind of kick it old school. You know what I mean? Kind of talk about some smash topics that we've been talking about recently. I know uh, <laughs> Tweak has been having some Metafy lessons and we're kind of talking about advice that people ask for and even like top player level advice that sometimes is a little you know not up to par so to speak a little bit of a some gym advice if you if you will (laughs) but i know i know so one of the most common questions that like either i'll get asked for because i used to coach top level smash or obviously you guys are top players i know a lot of people will ask you which character to play in tournament, right? And I know this question particularly is a little annoying just because it's it's already hard enough to try and teach someone how to play the game, but like also picking their character is, I, I don't know, it, it's such a tough task. But then there's some people that I feel like this question is so versatile and so broad that there is no right or wrong answer. There's not like, oh, well, so I like playing swords, but I want a good up, be out of shield. It's not like a riddle. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, solve this (laughs) riddle for me. Like, I have these strengths, these weaknesses, and I want this, this, and this. Tell me which character to play. Because, I mean, for me, my baseline is always what is going to motivate you to play the game. And, I mean, this, like, I, I have, like, a very simple character crisis throughout my ultimate career i always bounced between fox and wolf and i i thought fox was not that great in the beginning of the game i was definitely wrong um fox also got some changes like buffs like to his shield poke animation and his down air that are very essential to him being successful in the meta but um i kind of bounced back and forth and i saw light doing well with the character so i'm like okay obviously if you're just good enough at the game you can do it um but wolf felt like the on paper uh character for me to play but i had more fun playing fox um whenever i do i don't play the game too often um especially on wi-fi but whenever i'm at an event offline or anything like that i do like to grind and play the game i still do enjoy playing the game a lot and whenever i do i'll mostly play fox because i have the most fun playing the character and the character is good enough so for me personally those are the two check marks that i've always tried to hit throughout my competitive career is like i i personally have a standard of like you know, tier list and stuff, but that really doesn't matter as much in ultimate particularly. So I feel like you can even be more loose on that side. Um, and then you, the character has got to be so fun for me to play to stay motivated. Uh, how do you guys feel about this question in particular? I know you guys have Bro. gone, both of you guys have gone through a lot of characters throughout your ultimate career and even True. some of your past smash game experiences mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Well, like, all right. If I'm like ever, if someone ever asked me that question, like, Hey, I'm new. This because that's normally when you you get it right when they're like a newer player or like they've been playing for a little bit and they play like thirty characters because they played for fun and now they want to compete. Well, the first thing I usually ask is like, "What goals do you have with the game?" Because that that mm. changes my answer like drastically. Like, 
I want to be the best player in the world. Well, you're going to have to start looking at some better characters. I'm sorry <laughs> if you love Kirby or Little Mac or Ganondorf. Not like, the Kirby. Yeah, yeah you're oh. gone. Like, you're, <laughs> no King Dedede for you. I'm sorry. And it, maybe you could play those and have like a secondary, right? Like it, yeah. a, a crazy secondary, which will pretty much be your main because they have so many bad matchups. But... <laughs> Um, like it, it usually starts with that. Like, what what's the goal that you have for the game? If you're just playing, like, I want to be able to beat all my friends, bro. Play whoever you enjoy the most. It's that simple. You're gonna want to play more. You're gonna want to learn more. You're gonna want to improve with them, just because you like them. And you're like, oh, well, I, I want to be able to beat my friends with Kirby. All right, well, pick Kirby, and now you can beat your friends with Kirby once you like put the effort in but if you're like oh i want to be able to beat all my friends and i'm like all right man play steve like and they're like i don't want to play steve they're not gonna they, they can they might be able to beat their friends but it probably won't be as consistent because they're not they won't be like willing to actually learn the game they'll just be learning steve real quick like oh i learned these few combos i learned these confirms and like i can beat my friends and i guess that's cool but when you like pick a character that you love then you're you're like all in on like learning everything you can about the character so that's usually like the way i start is what is your goal and then if it's if it's like you know you want to be really good then you have to pick a better character but it still should be a character you love like if you don't play a character that's good and you're trying to be the best in the world like if you don't love any of those good characters you're gonna have to learn to love them i'm sorry like it's it, it's just it's just what it is because then you're it's like what do you value more like do you value being the best in the world more or do you value like your skill with said character more and those are two different goals um so those are normally like things that go but like when people just go like oh while you're learning the game like i think like you know mario's really fundamental or lucina or like wolf like bro what you learn when you play as Mario is way different than what you learn than when you play as Lucina, which is way different than what you learn when you play as Wolf. I don't understand. Like, Mario has, like, an, an, a diagonal, like, Akuma-type projectile, right, that, like, he can help you, that can, like, help you approach. He has uh, a reflector with both, with which both Wolf and Mario have, but Lucina doesn't have that, right? And then Mario is more of, like, a grappler combo character, right? Like he's he's trying to get in your face and combo you and explode your stocks at twenty percent. Like Lucina, so like you're gonna learn how to like do that, right? Lucina is like neutral advantage state edge guard, and you're gonna learn how to like take your extend your neutral wins really far and like how to position yourself when you're juggling vertically or even horizontally or like how far you can take your character off stage. Like you know, and like and when you're learning Wolf, you're gonna learn. Oh, a little bit of everything, <laughs> to be fair. But um, you, classic. yeah, mm-hmm. you have, you yes, have your blaster, you have, and like learning a little bit of everything is way harder than putting your all into one thing because then you have to learn how to make proper decisions when you're playing as well. So, like, these don't teach you all the same thing. Like, you're, oh, you should just start with these characters. Like, they're all, they all those characters, you learn different things as you progress with them and you get better with them. So, I, I always felt weird when people are like, oh, you should just play this. I'm like, no, just play who you like. And, like, yeah. If if that's if playing who you like doesn't fit the play style that you like, then we can start talking about play styles that you enjoy when you're playing the game and like what characters I think you might fit that might fit that. But like starting out and be like, oh, you learn the fundamentals of the game with I mean, kind of, but you can do that with anyone. Yep, exactly. Uh, I feel like this is an interesting topic 
it's funny because it's also like I'm I'm kind of just sh- shilling my Metify right now, which which like sure like I don't shill do it, baby. I don't do that enough, so yeah, like. But here's how I personally try to teach and talk about the game during the, my Metify lessons. Like, I try to keep it very open-minded, right? Like, no right or wrong answers. Like, uh, try to get very psychological and like stuff like that. I like to talk about universal situations, right? Like, things that are going to happen every game of Smash Bros, regardless of what character you're playing against, what character you're playing as, what stage you're on, right? Like, ledge trapping, corner pressure, respawn invincibility, advantage, disadvantage, neutral, like, like just, this is happening every game, right? Um, And uh, I think there's a lot of like preconceived ideas of what's right and wrong in smash right because there's there's always a few things that i get the most right uh like for example like with ledge trapping right i'm sure we've all had done this ourselves right when the ledge trap isn't working out we think something is wrong right like all right mm-hmm. I'm, next time i get the ledge trap i'm just gonna react better i'm just gonna and again you keep getting hit in your own advantage state right and you just keep going back to the same positioning and you're like something is wrong and like something I try to teach a lot is like, all right, let's, let's kind of let them off the ledge, right? Let's watch their timings, what they do. And now we have stage control and we can focus on the corner pressure phase, right? But if we go back to where you're just ledge trapping, it either works and that's great. Even though you low key don't get that much info when it works or it doesn't work and you might even get reversaled. Or that you might be the one escaping the corner now, right? Like, there's, like, some worst-case scenarios there. But if it's funny because if you do nothing at all, like, think of all the information and all the potential you have. Um, so just stuff like that. But, yeah, like, going back to what Marcus said about, like, oh, you should play these characters. They teach the fundamentals of the game. Uh. That hurts me so much because it's like you're already telling someone, like, this is what smash is like, this is what competitive smash is like, this is right. This is wrong. These characters are fundamental. These characters aren't. And, um, I think we're all guilty of like having our own rule book in our head just because when you play so long, I feel like it's only natural from your own experiences, but I just try my best to avoid that. Right. Like, like Marcus said, it's really that simple as playing who you want. And it like a lot of it become like, you're just, you're more open-minded like there's more building blocks rather than thinking like i have to do this because spacing is very important you know what i mean (laughs) like smash is so ambiguous and vague and that's also the best part about it so like limiting yourself from square one that's like my biggest fear for a new player you know what i mean like that sounds terrifying to like go into a competitive world thinking like this is what i expect this is what i should and shouldn't be doing because if i played against someone like that to be brutally honest, it would it would be way too easy. Like, yep, it's over. It's it's over. I wouldn't have to do any conditioning. I would just know everything that's going to happen the entire match. Yep. Um, like if you if they sat down and told me their their like first few months of playing the game, like before we played, like I would be like, okay, I know what you're going to do all the time. It's, but yeah, it's just something I find very interesting because of the vagueness of it, and also how common it is. Because obviously, new players want advice Mm -hmm. and i think that's fine i think there's a way for both people to go about doing that 
in fact, there's like a million ways, but I'm super against like just making it super rigid, like, uh, like, oh, you got hit here for doing this. Like, don't do that next time. Like, yeah, I hate dude. Like, like bro. that is a te- like, I would be terrified if I heard like a top player say that to someone. Right. Like, like, yeah, like you can just always shield grab that. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what happens when something gets weird? And they get reversaled and they die for thinking they can shield grab this every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it it, it like, gets scary when you're when you're rigid like that. Giving it, that giving them perspectives and giving them multiple options for the same scenario is is so much nicer and like free flow and like le- like less stressful, right? Well, like that's, that's because it also like gives them the player themselves the opportunity to learn through experience, yeah. right? Because when like they're like limited, you're like, okay, well. Don't roll. Like, I, dude, the <laughs> amount of times that people have come to me, like, for a metaphor lesson, are like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I've noticed that, you know, you like to roll out of the corner a lot. And they're like, yeah, I had a lesson with somebody else and they told me not to do that. I'm like, no, no, it is fine that you do that. Yeah. But you need to understand when you're doing it and why you're doing it. And if, like, people are catching on, then you need to adapt and do something else. But, like, taking away option an option like makes it infinitely easier to play against you because it's just something that i don't have to think about like you want your opponent to be thinking about as many things as possible and if they're just oh don't roll i'm like all right well they never roll like i'm never gonna think about rolling because they never do it and if they saved it for you know however many games and they won the set against me then they're just better in other areas (laughs) like you know what i mean like they're just they're just nice but like generally like you don't want to limit yourself option wise you want to be able to just oh okay well i've learned that through rolling this is what's happening i should do something else and if you don't have an answer then you can start coming up with answers like that's how you like improve you you just ask questions and you find answers to the questions or the problems that you're having like problem solution you just keep doing that over and over again and like it the the solution doesn't always have to be the same solution. It could be various solutions. And that's why I think that like limiting yourself to like, like what, even what Gavin said, like you can always shield grab this. Well, is there anything else that you can do? Because they might be losing out on opportunities. Like, Oh, like, or like maybe sometimes you don't shield grab and you get a little bit more information on what they like to do after they like hit your move of said thing, you know, like there's so many ways you could go about it. And some people be like, Oh, like you missed an opportunity like to for a free punish it's like well but also you missed an opportunity to gain information and some people harder punish later on exactly and game winning like a game five last thought like Mm -hmm. there's there's so much to it sorry for interrupting but no no you're fine and i think that like there's there's like differences in play styles and i think that's fine like then that's where we go back to there's no right or wrong right like i could i sometimes i'm willing to exchange a little bit of percent for information like i think that that's worth it sometimes right a lot of people don't agree with me when they say that like why would you get hit i'm like well because i learned a lot and i probably won't ever get hit again in that scenario but like i just i have three stocks to work with and i'm okay with exchanging some damage for enough information that i feel comfortable winning and like but that's like stuff that you won't learn until you're way down the line right like like when you're first learning, you're not thinking about things like that, but, or maybe you are, and you know, you have a, a good future ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're a cola and you just, you know, enter every tournament and get fourth or higher. 
But yeah, I mean, Alcola is a perfect example. Alcola is really good at that. Like just taking enough damage or enough yeah. like even I game that. counts. Yeah, like even like game counts. Like Alcola is fine with losing games sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like because the information is just gathered by game five. That's what we were saying. We've said it before, like by game five, it feels like you're playing a whole nother player. Absolutely. Every time too. Every Um, time. Like the amount of game fives I've seen where I'm just like, where did this come from? Like you, you, what? (laughs) Well, and even when a player goes on a platform like Metify or asks for advice, I think the main tipping point of, where they're coming from is okay so if i'm a new player i have the brokenness of an open mind right like i have very i've experienced very little about smash so for me i've been playing i've been competing in smash since 08 it's been a while for me so it's like a lot of things are solidified in my brain whether i like it or not and it's like like, what tweak was saying and i i always try my best to keep an open mind as long as possible but there's just things after you experience for so long things kind of get cemented right and which is why you know older players will bitch about kazuya and steve this is not smash quote unquote yada yada it was the same thing in smash 4 with cloud and bayo yada yada like clouds rolling up on me on with the final smash i thought we disabled that shit (laughs) bayo is over here doing marvel combos like this is not fucking smash this is is just what the fuck's happening right so that's why that's where that mentality mentality stems from is because your initial experience of smash is what's like embedded in your brain as smash brothers um so i've tried my best as like a you know a coach um someone who analyzes the game commentates the game to keep my mind as open as possible and even though i don't commentate or, or even though i don't uh compete in the game as much i've still had my hand in affecting the meta whether or like through coaching right and about one or two years ago i coached on tsm for two years total so uh i i do want to bring up even just my experiences with gavin uh, with tweak you know going through his competitive experience because he had a bunch of different characters and i never told gavin like, hey, you you have to play this character, and I was very very adamant. And if I and I always told Gavin, like, hey, if you ever feel like I'm being too like pushy on which characters to play, let me know because I, the main thing I wanted to do as a coach for someone as versatile as Tweak when it comes to his viewpoint of the game, which is one of the things that I think makes him very uh, a very strong player, is like. I wanted him to understand my viewpoint of the game and I wanted to understand his viewpoint of the game. And I wanted us to bounce back ideas because at the end of the day, the the territory of top level play is not solved, which is what to me, which makes the most fun like coaching top level plays because I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out this puzzle that is impossible to be solved. There's yep. no there's no universe that someone solves Smash. It's impossible. Look at Melee. The meta's still going, not even I'm close to being winning. solved. Right, exactly. Like Lit. Like, what the fuck? We don't know shit. So, and the same, like, but that's what makes it so beautiful, right? There's so many different outlets. And the way I like to look at a lot of scenarios, and this is even applies to uh, newer players that I coach. Uh, I don't coach on Metify anymore because I'm just so busy doing other stuff for Metify. But when I used to do, like, open coaching, even back in Smash 4, I used to do, like, coaching to any player and stuff. So even way back then, I would try to break down situations to players like, hey, you committed five times in the span of 15 seconds. So your commitment rate is like five every 15 seconds so far, right? Instead of looking at the actual moves you're doing, let's talk about the baseline of your decision-making. You're committing. 
with either a rising aerial, a dash attack, a dash grab. What are you gaining from these situations? And let like my main goal when I'm teaching a newer player is to get them to experience and learn as fast as possible. Now, if you just sit there and spam commitments, what are you going to learn? You're going to learn how to commit into someone and try to get the right RPS, right? But when you reposition and you react, that is the baseline of what's happening at top level play, right? Like there's no tournament that Tweak goes into and he just starts spamming commitments and he starts winning. That's just like when you look poor party. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but like there's there's like joking, there's joking, like joking. there's like safe commitments right right right. and yeah i know what you're talking i was joking i was full joking right right right. and 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 again this could be this is like how i view the game just from watching it at top level or watching top level for such a long time but someone that just you know spams dash attack or spams dash grab it's it's very unlikely like you could get every read and you could win the tournament that's very likely and there's probably a play style that could work like that who knows but from my experience a lot of top players they constantly reposition and react and that's the the core uh, like decision tree that is successful. So instead of and I'm I'm trying to really get the player to not look at the game via like moves, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look at like, oh, hey, how, how could you reposition here and like do this? Or if you are going to commit, maybe let's try to make the commitment safer so you could get more information and you don't get punished, right? Like I'm I'm down to craft like insert certain moves for a player around their play style but it also has to make sense in terms of decision making and obviously this is very difficult to do but that's what makes coaching really fun and especially when it gets to top level because when i coached on tsm it was a lot of like oh shit we don't know about diddy kong we don't know how wolf does against x y or z we don't know um like is roy possible here is is the pt possible like are you willing to play pikachu right there there was so many different questions when i was coaching tweak so it, it was really cool to try and figure out the meta with him and even like during his wario phase as well like oh maybe you know if we put the bike here and constantly throw the bike up what does it limit from your opponent yada 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 right but i think the main thing for newer players is you need to just put yourself in ex Put yourself in situations where you experience different things and you can learn the game. And I think playing different characters is a great way to do that. And even doing different play styles is a great way to do that. Maybe one day, play, you're just committing into your opponent. See how it goes. You're spamming dash grab, you're spamming dash attack. You have full, um, you have full like confidence in your offense and committing. Then another day, play, okay, I'm trying to fade back. I'm trying to like low key time my opponent out, right? Try try to like all these different playstyles, and you want to mix and match. And Tweak has had success playing a bunch of different playstyles, and you need that in your repertoire. You need to be as versatile as possible, and that comes through playing the game. Like I, I remember at the beginning of Ultimate, I was playing a bunch of different characters. Like I had fun playing Yoshi, I had fun playing Ness, like even some of these floatier characters that are more mashy or what what have you, right? Because you're gonna start running into individual problems. Like when I'm playing Fox. Is it really that hard to get out of juggles? Not really. Like, fuck, they got to respect Nair. I have neutral air dodge. I can just fast fall down the ground. Oh, shit. When I'm playing Yoshi, I can't just, like, double jump real quick. My opponent sees me jerk up, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, boom, back down to the ground, right? When you double jump with Yoshi, you're up there. Now you got to get back down. Are you going to reset the ledge? Are you going to be reverse? Are you going to go to a platform? How are you going to do this? You're in the air for such a long time. And when you experience all these different feelings, I want to call them feelings for Smash. Yeah, it's a good um, way. 
then you start to understand the game more. Now, when you're playing against Yoshi, you're like, oh, he just double jumped. Oh, baby. Like, I got mm -hmm. a huge sweeping up air. Like, it's fucking time, right? And sometimes you aren't going to be able to experience that as fast if you don't get to play that side of the coin, right? And I know Tweak, for example, plays a ton of characters. So, I mean, at this point, he's probably had to at least dabbled a little bit in most of the roster, maybe not the complete roster, but most of the roster. And that kind of gives you the feeling of these different characters like having that air drift, having that fall speed, right? Having certain specials that are very unique, like flip kick or flip uh, monkey flip and stuff like that. So, and even getting more on the technical side with like B reverses and stuff like that, abusing that if you have spurts of momentum and all that jazz, there's so much to intake about the game. So don't, don't like cheat yourself from the experience. You know, I, I know everyone wants a shortcut. I think that's the big thing True. is that what everyone wants. Everyone wants a shortcut because like, oh, I don't have experience. Let me, Ask someone else that does have experience so I can save a lot of time and, you know, go forward. And I do think that's a great idea. You can get a lot of perspective and it can shorten the amount of time that you're, it's going to take for you to get better, but you still need to experience a lot of things at the end of the day. I think that part you can't skip out on. You mentioning like the play style of just committing, right? And right. you're, you mentioning the, the positives and negatives of that and also mentioning like ways to twist it into gathering info is kind of similar to what I was talking about when I was talking about the ledge trapping, right? Like, oh, if it works, great. But if it doesn't, you know, it could end up being the worst case scenario or um, saying like, if it works, like, great. But now you don't really know what to do next time because like it, it, you kind of just like there wasn't a lot of information there. Like there's so many interesting ways to somehow gain more from not getting a hit um, rather than like just kind of scrapping and just getting hits occasionally, wow. right? Um, and that's, like, a big thing for me and what I'm trying to get at uh, with, like, information intake. Like, I think this even goes to, like, top-level play, like, the best of the best, mm -hmm. um, where you'll do something and it'll work out, but there really wasn't much going into it, right? Like, not a lot of layers, not a lot of conditioning, and you convince yourself that this is maybe this is it, right? And then next time it does or doesn't work and it, it starts to get weird because like, I think this is specifically like a high level thing too. Like, like, uh, like it could, like for really good players, this will work or not work next tournament and then you kind of just go to the next one and it doesn't work. Like, um, and I think Smash Ultimate's mechanics kind of trick you into this a little bit. Um, like, uh, can't run through people like low, low landing lag, like shield pressure, like just some of the pacing of neutral and disadvantage. Like a lot of people play disadvantage really fast. They land on top of their opponent with neutral air dodge. So there's a lot of situations where it's not just up to you for, for it to work out. You know what I mean? But a lot of even top level players will just run it back. You know what I mean? If it works great. And if it doesn't like either way, I don't know, truly know why it worked. And it's really difficult, and and I think there's a way to negate that um, at least a bit by like simply like changing your frame of mind, I guess, and like being willing to disconnect from some of the game's core mechanics and looking at them a little differently. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of what we are talking about can kind of connect into itself. Um, and it all leads back into the same thing of being open-minded, you know what I mean?
Hey everyone, today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Now, I don't know about all of you chat, but I do be shopping online all the time. The thing is though, I always feel like I'm wasting money when I can't find a promo code when I'm ready to check out. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Now, let me paint a little picture for you. Imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for a coupon it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. So I used Honey earlier this week, right after recording this episode, to order my dog a bag of his favorite treats because he had just ran out. Now I order these things all the time because he's such a good boy. And thanks to Honey, I was able to save $5 on my purchase. I'll be using Honey to save money when ordering these dog treats every time from here on out. It was just so easy to use. And did you know, Honey doesn't just work on desktop. It works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. I'd never recommend something I don't use. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash tweak. That's joinhoney.com slash tweak. True, because I mean, bro, the, you know, it's funny, the amount of times that I've, like, I've been watching you play, always at a tournament, it's time to bust up, Gavin, they're going to jump from ledge, like, they're going <laughs> to jump from ledge, like, I just don't, why, like, please hit them when they jump from ledge, right? At this point, it's actually gone on so long that it's to his advantage, as weird as that sounds, because he'll like he'll play someone like this is what I I was really watching at Poor Priority. He'll play someone, and like he'll does do his normal ledge trapping, and he'll let them jump from ledge. That's always been a Gavin thing. Lets them jump from ledge because it's too hard to like consistently hit ledge jump without committing and losing stage control. Like right, like he'd rather he Gavin. And this is something that I learned about like thinking about the game a little bit better just through this like one experience, Gavin believe so much in his neutral and his ability to convert off of other things that like if they jump from ledge whatever we go back to neutral i'm probably gonna win neutral it's also partially diddy kong but also like just yeah. the way he, he believes right like mm -hmm. he has other ways to win the game um so but because like that's been going on for so long where like i'm so close-minded and like oh cover the jump cover the jump now he'll like wait he'll see them jump he'll wait he'll see him do it again and he's like, oh, no, it's time. And just, boom, hit the drop there. Boom, yeah. Hit, yeah, just hit it like four times in a row. And they're like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> but, they, but they continue to jump because it's like a well-known thing. Like, I talk to top players. I'm like, what is the option that Gavin won't cover? And they all say it. They're like, he doesn't cover ledge jump. Like, they, they know it's a thing. But now for him, he's like, they think I don't cover ledge jump. It's a weapon. <laughs> it's time. And that's that's something that I didn't think about, like, because he let it go on, right? And, like, instead of, going, like, I'm just going to cover it, and, like, it might work out and it might not work out, now it's like, oh, they're jumping. They think I'm not going to cover it. And that's the – I wouldn't have gotten to that point because I just would have been like, bro, I'm covering ledge jump. They're going to do it. Like, so why don't I hit it if I know they're going to do it? And yeah. th that's – but that's like way down that's super top level stuff it's it's weird like top level so it's, weird i feel like for better or worse i have a thing of like 
whether I land something or not, but especially when I land something like a specific, it's like something specific, like a way to take a stock or something like that, like in the ledge or at the corner. I'm already thinking of like the next five sets with this player. Like, um, and sometimes that really messes me up and sometimes it really helps me because it's like, oh, they won't, they like, they're, I like, I'm predicting how they'll react to this. But sometimes they don't react to it, or maybe they forgot the next time we played. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and finding Which a balance is so of that funny. is so, For, is so like hard. Your opponent forgetting, like you're like, like you had like, this plan, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm gonna get your fucking ass next time. Like you won the set last <laughs> time off of this, and they like don't even remember. Like they yeah, they, so they don't I, remember, I, and they don't even do it. <laughs> like so sometimes I'm like overanalyzing my own play, and with what's strong, what's consistent, what's more of a gimmick, what's like a one time thing, whatever it is. And it's just interesting because the balance is so difficult. Be, be, like I can't just read minds, you know what I mean? Like, but um, like I'm very big on like showing you. If you do this, this is my way to get the take your stock at like fifty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you that I will do it, or I'll do it once or twice. And like I just try my best to think like. Like, cause they're, they have to play around that. Right. They're, they're not just going to die at zero the whole set. Right. I mean, some people are willing sometimes to Sometimes they do just because mm-hmm. my movement is ambiguous enough or I'm like baiting a different option, but like, it's, it's just very interesting, especially when, when your character, like with Diddy, like his traditional ledge trapping is like as good as his weird setups. Like they're both like mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, but yeah, it, it's interesting how much you talk about the ledge jump and how much the top players you're you're talking to talk about the ledge jump. Because I swear I've never consciously thought that there's something I cover more than the other thing. Well, you've been covering oh. it a lot recently. You've been too, covering it a lot recently. With like you'll you'll go mm-hmm. you'll full hop Z drop fair. Yep. I noticed you've been doing that a lot mm-hmm. with Diddy right by ledge jump, and now you're like to the point where you're cashing out so much damage. And I like how you do it because you jump. You full hop from roll, and then you kind of like you're covering a ledge jump, but like a more drift in ledge jump. But since so much people ledge jump versus you, you know how you can like ledge jump and drift back if you're like more floaty and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most people feel so comfortable ledge jumping against you, they want to drift in towards center yeah. stage on the ledge jump to either reset onto a platform or try to fight you with a falling aerial on set for center stage. But because they're drifting in on their ledge jumps, you do that fair, which is a more safer fair because you're jumping from roll. So it's like it's pretty crazy and like i i think especially me and pink can speak a lot of uh because we watch like if, if i'm you're watching I probably watch yeah. yeah i probably watch like every tweak set if not like maybe i missed a handful or something like that yeah. but if there's <laughs> if there's any player that i'm currently watching right now that i'm not going to miss a set from it's going to be like you and light right like so it's uh it's really interesting to see the ledge jump dynamic that pink brought up like so specifically and the evolution of it from since like way back when and even with all your other characters too because with wolf it didn't happen much because what's the cookie cutter option with wolf it's just throwing out nair right so you would you would throw out nairs full hop or short hop and just cover ledge jumps so easily yeah and i used to say bro you never cover roll <laughs> that's so funny that's what i used to think when you play wolf i was like bro like i can like roll like three times before like you start covering roll wolf and like three times is a lot like that is for roll specifically that is an absurd amount yeah like i would like think to myself like i'm rolling like i'm good 
but because now you're playing Diddy Kong, it's like the jump is it, and it's just interesting that yeah, yeah I for, like I forgot about that until Charles said it. I, I like, have oh. some new stuff. I'm Ooh, not even gonna you got lie. Some new stuff cooking in the kitchen. Not for jump specifically, which is funny because it's for everything but jump. But <laughs> of course, in I do fashion. have some some new stuff that I haven't actually done in a match. But in my head, it works, and I know it'll, it'll work. It'll work, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be sick. Uh, Something I want to bring up real quick is, you know, it's. I think this is a very funny cross-correlation. Maybe you can explain, Gavin. Um, so you like to jump a lot in neutral, right? And you've mm-hmm. mentioned it on the podcast. You're a jumper, right? Good you jumper. like to Who's jump. Who's going to stop me? Exactly. <laughs> but you let, you let your opponent jump a lot as well. Yeah. So I think it, it could be a cross correlation of how comfortable you are when it comes to like air to air neutral or air to air advantage state or air to air disadvantage. So and you know what I mean? And I, I just want to kind of pick your brain. I feel like most characters, Diddy is gonna trade or or lose in a lot of those scenarios. I guess a lot of the top tiers, if they jump first and I jump in a reactionary way, I get a, I usually get a lot more reward for positioning or staying grounded. Um Sometimes I really got to beat myself up to not air to air some characters. Like if I'm playing Diddy versus Wolf and they jump first and I jump up with them, I'm actually just asking to get hit. Um, <laughs> even though it's like me reacting, you know what I mean? Like they're doing something first. Like I'll still lose the interaction. But this is not much of an answer, but more so like kind of an interesting topic. Something I talk about a lot in Metafy lessons is how similar losing and winning situations are and how similar playing advantage and disadvantage is there. It's basically, it's like a coin, right? Say like different sides of the same coin, winning, losing, holding a lead, bringing a game back from a deficit, getting out of the corner, corner pressure. They're all the same in a lot of ways. Um, When you're watching someone play neutral nine times out of 10, maybe I might even be confident enough to say 10 times out of 10, I will figure out how they're going to play advantage and disadvantage from the way they're playing neutral. Even down to corner escape, ledge strapping, like getting off ledge. Same thing with when they're the ones that are advantage. You know what I mean? Like, because um, think about it. I jump a lot in neutral. What else do I, what else, where else do I jump? I jump off the ledge all the time. I jump out of the corner all the time. I jump out of hit stun all the time. Um, and like, sometimes it's not that simple, right? Sometimes there's a bit more layers to how a player functions. Like, even for myself, I'm sure it can get deeper, but, like, I try to talk about this all the time. Bringing, a lot of people always ask, like, I have a hard time when I'm at a stock deficit, right? And it always, I always find myself talking about the same skill set is required for holding a lead. Like, what I'm about to talk to them about, like, you can learn so much about both at the same time. And using the clock as a resource to help tell you like how to gauge your risk reward, what's currently happening in the match, blah blah blah. Like, uh, there everything is so similar. Like, it, it, it's a, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to think of specific examples right now, but bro, it, okay, not, you don't I, do pink's ready, pink's I, ready. I always, I always have. Uh, this is like a, a situation that I use, and I'm glad that Fox ta- or Charles talked about Fox earlier. Okay, <clears throat> you hit Fox in the air. And this, this differs character from character. So let's say you are playing Diddy Kong, right? Because Gavin can probably answer this. You hit Fox in the air, right? He's above you. He double jumps. 
and he has to land. Now, you are at 90%. Diddy Kong is at 90%. Fox. Get out of there. It's not he, worth it. Fox is at 120%. So he'll die to up smash. Yeah. Right? Spicy situation. Who's winning the situation? Fox has no double jump to land. <laughs> you can even say you have a banana in hand. Fox has no double jump to land. Who's winning that situation? Is there a platform? This is a big one. Is there a platform? Most stages in the game have. So you're platform. saying it as simple as like most, I'm most here, Fox is right there. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's say let's say FD just for okay. Yeah, for, yeah. Who's winning the situation? Well, if you add no variables to it and it's just simply like I'm here, Fox here, mm-hmm. Fox is winning. Oh, but typically but, most people would say that's disadvantage, right? Because well, no it is. Jump. But it depends on how you you approach it, right? Mm-hmm. If I was more mobile, then yes, it is a tradition. Like I'm in advantage. But right. if I lock myself into shield or something like that, it's no it's no longer advantage. It's like like even. You know what I mean? No, Fox is winning yeah. that. Or Fox, Fox is winning. I think, Fox is winning I that think situation. That is that is a win condition scenario for Fox. Depending on like like Gavin said, how much time does he have to get out of the way? If you don't yeah. have time to get out of the way, that is actually a very good situation for Fox because. In terms of like, so if bananas in hand, that means I can't get anti-aired or like Fox cannot get anti-aired there. Or like you can mm-hmm. buy banana, but it's going to be like hard to convert or whatever, right? Like maybe a banana toss up into like up smash might work. Maybe the air dodge seeps through. Like there's so Ooh, many things that can go. And that's what, that's pretty much what I, what I'm saying. Like winning and losing situations aren't that simple as advantage and disadvantage. And I feel like people miss that very often yeah. where like you'll be playing and you're like, but I hit them in the air. Like I hit yeah. Fox in the air. I should I should have gone for the juggle. And then he hits you with Nair or he fast forward Nair dodges through you and up smashes you and you're like, Bro, what? Yeah. Like my advantage my advantage state. But yeah. Yeah. Fox, maybe. No, that's not an advantage. You're in dis so just don't even like it's so weird to think about it because advantage and disadvantage are like these like general terms that we use for like areas or like like positions but then when you start thinking deeper about them it's like oh is this a winning situation or is this a losing situation and that's how you should like approach most of your gameplay like oh like am i really like that that's when you start being able to gauge your risk reward like oh is yeah. it, am i really winning or losing here like you've you've gone really deep into refresh rate this is a big one too in, in these situations specifically yeah. right like truly acknowledging the risk reward and it's not just winning and losing mm-hmm. um but this reminds me of like i've obviously done a lot of sessions with someone that plays sephiroth right and let's say your opponent is at 30 and you like just a normal character like normal f- weight speed fast fall like you know what i mean like just yeah. like their disadvantage would be very traditional mm-hmm. like let's say it's like mario sure um and you do up throw nair if you start chasing them air to air to try to juggle them, like the likelihood of them getting under you is very likely, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though you just did a bread and butter combo and you have a sword and you're supposed to be juggling them, right? Most of the time, I suggest staying grounded. You know what I mean? Because the distance between you two aren't enough. If you start up up air, not only will Mario escape the situation, he will probably hit you for this. He will get under you and hit you, right? Um, so it's a really about getting that bread and butter and then accepting that you're not winning, winning yet. 
you might be able to if you get one or two more good calls but this character it's not that simple you know what i mean like it's a lot weirder than that so staying grounded and like because if you if we simplify this a character is going to know about Sephiroth's frame data and they're going to want to get through you and they, mm-hmm. they're going to want to punish your your lag. So if you stay grounded, this is where re-grabs happen a lot, down tilt's a big one, dash attack is a nice one, like stuff like that, right? And the more that racks up, you're, you're just want, want to be looking at their, their key resources, traditionally double jump and air dodge. Let's say you finally racked up enough percent where they double jumped and the distance between you is so much that now you can juggle them. There's enough distance between you that you can you can successfully juggle. And if it doesn't hit, you're not getting hit for it. A lot of people, they get their opening and they just full send like I'm winning. And that's where, and that's why a lot of people have the habit of playing disadvantage so fast and landing on top of opponents. It goes both ways. And with Sephiroth specifically, it's really easy to talk about because it's so obvious that you weren't truly an advantage yet because of how committal his moves are. So, yeah, it's really interesting to talk about situations like this because it's not just winning and losing, like Marcus said. Yeah, I always try to tell people, like, there are there are some absolutes in Smash, right? Like, like, ledge, like ledge trapping Donkey Kong. That's, like, almost an absolute. Like, you, you should be able to do this once you reach a certain skill level and you have, like, a character that you know can ledge trap very well on reaction and you have a high refresh rate and stuff like that but just generally again we're all kind of always coming back to this crossroad of try to be as open-minded as possible so i one thing this is a huge pet peeve i have of mine and i actually think this is like really lazy slash dog shit advice is when someone's just like hey man you just you just air dodge too much bro you just you just jump too much bro like what did what what did you accomplish with that piece of advice? Because this is this is one thing, and Pink talked about it earlier. When you tell someone that, you are telling them, hey, stop air dodging, right? Or air dodge less, which might not even be the answer. They could maybe keep air dodging, but maybe just do it at different timings. Maybe mix in different things in between said air dodges, right? Um, don't, don't try and tell, like, the advice you're trying to give shouldn't be like, Oh, you should do this more or this less. You, you should just try to break down the situation and be like, okay, so why, why are you getting hit here is because the same options being selected at the same timing. That is the issue. It's mm-hmm. not the actual option getting picked. If you spam ledge jump at the exact same time and you get hit every time you've just turned one of the best, options from the ledge into one of the shittiest options on the ledge and it's not because of the actual option itself right it is because of the timing in which you are picking the option so really trying to take a step back and not give advice based off of like specific moves and more on the concepts of the game i think is very very important now on the same side of the coin when you ask for advice how much effort you put into that question is probably the same amount of effort you're going to get so usually when you get the, you air dodge too much, you ledge jump too much, that kind of advice is probably because you asked a very shitty question. Like, hey, how do I, so like, got any advice, question mark? You just, what, what'd you just ask? What did you, what did you accomplish there? <laughs> you are literally telling someone, and this is what, um, 
this is what I also don't like about that question is because you're not giving any respect to the amount of effort the player had to put into playing you. Like maybe if they're constantly three stalking you and it's very clear that there's a huge skill gap and whatever, right? But if a lot of the matches were close and stuff, like or somewhat close, then you have to respect the fact that okay, this person probably had to put effort into fighting me and like dissecting my gameplay and focusing on the stuff that they want to improve on too. So when you ask more specific question that's less mental effort on the other person to give you advice, right? Like if you if I'm playing Tweak and He's constantly keeping me in the corner. And I'm like, man, Gavin, I, I, I noticed during our matches that I was taking a lot of damage in the corner. Was um, I just didn't really feel comfortable there. Was there any specific like thing I was doing in the corner? Like, What made it easy to corner pressure me? And then now, Gavin, as a player, can be like, okay, let me think back on our matches. Let me think back on this specific moment, right? Okay, when I was cornering you... I was able to get a lot of easy monkey flips because you weren't really aggressing onto me with hitboxes and yada, 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 right? Like he, he can kind of recall those specific scenarios and give you his thought process when he was on the offense in the corner situation. And now Gavin has to put way less effort into thinking about the entire match. So when you ask for advice, and again, this is like a really big pet peeve of mine. When you ask for advice, except like accept the fact that you're going to get the same amount of effort in the answer that you put into the question. If you put a very general question for advice, you're going to get a very general answer that's probably not going to help you at all. But the more specific you get with your advice, it could, you know, lead to the advice being a lot more specific and a lot and helping you a lot more. Dude, you mentioned something like um that I've been cuz I I coach a lot of players in my region. Um it's like trying to help them get better. And one thing that I was talking about recently with one of my players was the idea of um, sequences. I don't know if anybody thinks of this this way, but like uh, you said like, oh, you can maybe like add something in between like the air dodges or I think I think it was air dodges, right? Yeah, yeah. You're um, air dodging too much. Yeah, 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 yeah Timing, yeah. What you, right. what's in between the air dodges. Because like if you do something that discourages someone from punishing your air dodge, all of a sudden the air dodge becomes stronger. Right. We're not looking at these options as just like, oh, this is A, this is B, this is C. You need a you need four A's, three B's <laughs> and two C's to win a tournament. Like, that's what you need. Yeah. That It's it's solved. Everybody just do that. No, it, there's so much to it. Um, when I'm playing a lot of times, uh, I don't usually look at options as like a singular option, if that makes sense. There's normally like um, like there's like a sequence of options, like a really weird example of one that I can think of is. Uh, I was playing against someone, I can't necessarily remember who, and if they were close enough to the ledge where they, like, up B really quickly with Lucina, they would almost always jump afterward. But if they stalled and they waited really low, they wouldn't jump. They would normally do, like, neutral get up or they would do, like, ledge drop, jump, and, like, uh, an attack, right? So I 100% already... I understand so far. Right, right. And I think a lot of times people look at things as, like, a singular option but it's usually like a sequence of things that happens when like it'll it'll give you the information of what's going to come next and i don't know if i picked that up from gavin or if i've always done that but um that's definitely like something that's very very common and if you start noticing like those sequences or like pattern they're like patterns right but like you start noticing the sequences you can like kind of like pick apart certain parts that you want to pick apart 
Like you don't necessarily have yeah. to like, let's say they, they did the quick up B into jump. And then after jump, if you positioned a certain way, they did double jump every time. And then you wanted to, you saw how they landed. So you wanted to punish their landing. But then the next time you're like, oh, well, I mean, I'm just going to skip the, the landing part because they're at a certain percent where I can do like a better confirm. Let's go for like the jump and like take their stock really early. Or maybe I have the lead and I want to extend my lead and I want to take the stock really early. So I'll, I'll like hit a certain part of said sequence. And I think a lot of people like they see one option, next option, or they did this. Oh, okay. They did this where it's like, usually it's like a flow and part of like getting really good is being able to break your own sequences, which is, it's, it's so hard, dude. I'm not going <laughs> to hold you. Like, like one, like a really common one for me that I, I have a really hard time um, is if I like, if I do like a nair in front of someone or like a, a down tilt or something like that uh, as min min, if I like do a button in front of someone, I almost always dash back. Like it's, it's very common. A lot of people know about it uh, that play me often and like, Part of the way I learned to break that sequence is even though it's unsafe and someone will tell you, oh, this is bad to do, I'll just say, like, I'll just like nair, I'll just like completely whiff and I'll just full send a dash attack forward. Because usually what they start doing is they're compensating for me dashing back. So they'll like move forward without thinking about like anything offensive coming out. They're only thinking about the def defensive habit. So I'll like surprise them with like an offensive thing and they're like, wait a second, bro. Like, what that's that's different than what normally happens and that, yeah. that's like part of like learning and that's why i think it was really cool that charles pointed that out like oh yeah like sometimes change what you're doing maybe before the air dodge or like adding something up to like really make them think about it because they're probably looking as you get better they're probably looking at multiple things not just one option i i really want to know if marcus notices this because i'm sure he knows my sequences right and i'm curious because what's up some of them. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I remember asking like, you about at least the, a general um, idea. So like like the monkey flip at zero thing. I remember asking you about that. A lot of the time I'll purposely bait like I am doing a sequence out of habit. <laughs> and I want I, I'm doing it one, because I could potentially get a huge punish if they fall for it. And two, mm -hmm. you you teach you you learn if they're aware of it in the first place. Yep. Um I do that all game. Uh, it's, so, it's so annoying yeah like i'm just rude um <laughs> but i also i'm also very big on my opponents of course like mm -hmm. i do a lot of like brief like just nothing just stand because i'm like we're at a distance or we're in a situation where they've done this before or i'm predicting because of the character they play or their play style and i just want to know something um or like I kind of lost my train of thought, but I, I love what you're talking about. I like to call them, there's two big things that kind of relate to this. I like to call them key moments and pacing breaks or where like there is a yes. shift of pacing and it is either for a good reason or a bad reason, um, whether it's you or your opponent. And this is usually where clip Gavin comes out <laughs> um, because I either notice an extended amount of sequences or I notice a pacing break. And this usually means uncomfortability for some specific reason. Um, so yeah, those are huge. Those sequences are huge. And some of those key moments are huge. Like um, I recently watched like DeBuzz versus Jackal at Apex. Mm -hmm. And for both players, there were moments where I was like, oh, this this is a very key moment. They might win because of this situation. And I, it, it's very vague, but it's like, it's, 
it's based on like flow and pacing mm-hmm. and momentum and it's not a guarantee but it's usually the yeah. case um and there's just there's just key moments like it was a game five set so there's a lot of shifting there's a lot of interesting things happening you know like a weird like luma setup into a, a, a an attack cancel grab and i'm like oh snap like that was key for this match specifically or you know what i mean and whether i'm watching or playing like they're so important um because you, it's a best of three or best of five like max right any mm-hmm. small advantage to like that's why i'm always talking about you know taking advantage of the human being behind the controller like anything you can do anything you can learn about them even get, making something out of nothing i've been working on that for like five six seven years like that's my entire like that's my career at this point is trying to figure that out so it's it's a never-ending conversation and it's, it's a lot of fun bro i stay telling people <laughs> i stay telling people and it sounds really really stupid but i think it like it's it's actually helped a lot of people um they'll like they'll like do something and they're like well how did you know they were going to do that and i i yeah. just go i just the question go, is very funny <laughs> yeah i just go well i like i made up this reason in my head and yes it kept, it kept it kept happening so i believe that my reason was right that was it yeah i just made something up and they're like what i'm like bro li- literally <laughs> like it, it's not because of why it's happening it's what's happening like what is happening is happening and i believe that it's happening for this reason and if it keeps happening whether it's right or wrong it's still happening so you know it's gonna happen it also helps with confidence in those moments where something Mm -hmm. has to happen right like the scrappy guessy scenarios Mm -hmm. if my commitment feels educated whether i'm right or wrong i'm feeling much better than if i just did rock paper scissors with you and if i'm wrong then i'd learn and i yeah, keep it moving I back to the drawing out. board i'm yeah, trying exactly. i'm trying to figure you out you know there's so mean? many people are like so focused like oh like I've, I've i've never done that before how'd you know i was going to do that you've never did it you're classic you're you've, you've literally never done it you've been getting hit infinitely you paused for a moment which means you were thinking about something yep. else yep. and i hit you because you did the thing that you haven't yeah. been doing the entire time. That's it. There's, it's a There's, classic. It's I'm, like I'm a... not too genius. I just, it, <laughs> I'm not reading your mind. It's literally just, you decided to do something else. Yeah. And I saw you think about it for a moment because you are aware that you're getting hit, which is a good thing. At least you're aware, you know, that's what I say. I'm like, you are aware that something's happening and you're trying to change it. And that's good. Yeah. You didn't do something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like whenever like it's like a close tense scenario and someone's at high percent and they do like the one mix up that they like they haven't done all game and they die for it and they're like what I haven't done that all game and it's like bro I know exactly what you're talking about. you were I... on the ledge for like thirty seconds and yep. then you rolled like and you're at and you're at one forty like. I always be complaining about that. I'm like yeah. really the one time I rolled. They like... think it's like some top player science where it's more so like. But it's you're just so one, obvious. You're at 140. Like yeah, I, yeah. you just want to be in the middle of the stage at all, like at any cost. Like, <laughs> well, understanding yeah. primitive feelings like that, I yeah. think that's uh, your biggest strength as a player, Gavin. And there's been so many times where I'm just watching Smash with um with y'all, right? Either at a tournament or in Discord, and Gavin will randomly be like, a a a key moment will happen, or you know, some something crazy pivotal, and Gavin will be like, the set's over. This. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like it, it'll only be like maybe game three of the set or something like that. And um, I mean, not I, I, I would say like 90% of the time Gavin's right. Obviously yeah. not every single time, but in terms of like his top player intuition and knowing like being able to relate to the player in the seat, right? Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Gavin's been there before, Pink's been there before, and Pink even points the, a, a lot of these out. And that's something that, you know, well, I've he had knows a, what I'm going to win or lose most of the time too. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and that's just like, that just comes from watching the game a lot, right? Playing the game mm-hmm. a lot and stuff yep. like that. So I think it's, uh, it's particularly interesting because you just, I've seen you do it while playing. I've seen you do it while spectating, like almost yeah. every kind of, um, aspect while either in taking or you know out taking I guess or yeah, just like playing. It's funny because um, when I first started dating B, she would get like weirded out by it. She'd be like, "How did you know this player was gonna do this? How did you know this was gonna happen?" And now it's more so like she expects it, and she's like, "Like who who's gonna win?" <laughs> <laughs> Gavin's got like the suit and tie on, with yeah, all the different papers. Like, like oh, now it's I not a surprise. Know. It's more so like at some point she expects me to like tell her the outcome or like what's going to happen. It's just funny. Cause now like, like y'all have been around bees, like spectator intuition is like better. Than it is me. really good. It yes, is very, very good, good now. Like yeah, what, it's not I just agree. for me. Cause she watches me all the time. It, it, I mean, she's been watching smash like longer than I've been dating her, of course, like and been playing smash. So like, but now that like we live together and like smash is such a big part of our lives. Like, like I can genuinely talk about my problems with the game or like my next tournament or a matchup or like while I'm at a tournament, like what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. And like everything she says is very valuable and not just valuable, like also unique to her. You know what I yep. mean? Like I, I can't get this, this um, perspective perspective mm-hmm. from anyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's for like so many reasons. Like the like smash is just like, just competition is just crazy like that. So it, it's it's really interesting. It's also very fun to be in a big crowd at a major and be watching a set because everyone around me is really excited. And like once in a while, like I just can't help but say it out loud, like what's going to happen. And you'll just get like the look. And yep. they're, they're like, are you time traveling or something? Like just like, because like I said, like with like the, the transition with B, it's like, then they'll just start asking you. They're just because they're like too nervous watching the set. They're just like, I just need to know what's gonna happen. Like, let me ask this person. Like, it's 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 very very fun. Like, just I've just played far too much Smash in my life. <laughs> and you know, it's gonna be a banger set when Tweak's just like, I don't know. It's too yeah, because there there that happens more often than you think. I mean, yeah, especially if you. If and, and sometimes Smash, I just like crazy. enjoy Smash too much to like sit down and digest it. Like, I just start getting excited because it's fun. Like, true. Like, like I'm not in like coach or player mode anymore like i just want to watch like especially if it's a character i like or a player i like yeah but i think that about wraps it up for this week that was very fun unless you have any, yeah. anything you all want to talk about good luck at main stage yeah i know um shout outs to main stage uh that's coming up this coming weekend so yeah, we didn't really I talk know. about that much sorry <laughs> Yeah, I know, but I, I always, I also think it's like worth shouting them out. Obviously, we've been working a lot with BTS with the yeah. uh, Arcadian stuff, so make sure to check out Main Stage if you guys didn't register. Make sure to at least tune in. Um, there's a lot of a lot of summit spots. I believe they give out six summit spots per game there, so a lot of things on the line. Obviously, just qualifying for summit just via your skill and gameplay via tournament is 
I mean, I haven't done that, but I would assume Gavin, that's probably a, the better way to do it. I don't even, have you ever been voted in Gavin? I don't no. think so. Yeah. Yeah. That campaigning sounds rough and I've seen and been part of other people's campaigns and I've had to eat like raw eggs and stuff for void and all that. Oh, jazz, so, gosh. so, um, obviously it's going to be a super sick tournament to watch because everyone's going to be, you know, competing and, and it's just a great tournament as well. So super excited to see that. I think Leo is going as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, Oh, that'll be lit. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure on that. Don't, don't quote me, but it'll, it'll, the tournament will definitely be lit. So I'm really yeah. excited to uh, check it out and also uh, see Gavin on uh, my home turf on the West coast. Doesn't happen too often, but see you there. Bro hates being on the West coast. Me? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just a Genesis because you, you usually oh. do pretty well outside. I mean, West coast curse. Other than the 3 million hour travel days. Yes, very true. Like, I'm just, true. I'm tired and angry. I'm not, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we got Pokemon to play, so yeah, everyone. Bye, have a good one.